Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to this episode of Extra Helpings. I have some treats in store for you, some of our favourite bits and a bit of previously unheard conversation with the brilliant Dan Levy. He was in no rush to wrap our Zoom chat, even though potentially his publicist was, and we ended up speaking for over an hour and a half, which is quite rare for a Zoom chat, especially with a really massive international star. He had so much time for us, but he did kind of say it was because he was in a lockdown and he just needed some company. But no, it was, there was a total spark there between us and Dan. So in this episode, there's a chance to hear a little snippet that wasn't in his full episode for all those Shit's Creek fans out there. But first, I challenge you not to laugh or at least smile at this. Go. Oh, mum, 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 actually, I needed to tell you this. So we put out um, what would be mum's drag name. Now, there is a most fantastic chef that you should follow. She's a baker, but also the greatest eater I've ever seen on Instagram. Oh, number is... six. Oh, lovely. Number six. Sorry, I'm just doing an intro here, mum. Sorry. Mum's checking the charts. Her name is Martha DeLacy, and she runs Muff Kitchen, which is a really... Oh, that's a bit rude. <laughs> Well, anyway. Muff kitchen! <laughs> you can't have that! Oh, she, she does do muff dining. <laughs> <laughs> muff diving or muff dining? <laughs> Mum, it's so filthy. She's going to love this because she's a massive fan of the podcast. And she does muff dining <laughs> supper. <laughs> Baker, and I was going to get you a subscription to the month kitchens. I can't. Oh, well, I love Martha. She's really good fun. Um, because she's made my mum laugh the most she's ever laughed in about a year. We had to include that because there's nothing like hearing Lenny get the giggles. Now, if you need an extra instalment of that, you need to go onto the Instagram to see the video of it because that's also quite entertaining. And, you know, <laughs> it never stops me like cackling. And that was um, very much thanks to uh, Martha Delacy, Muff Kitchen. So thanks, babe. We've had some brilliant guests in the last few months. We were so thrilled to have Sir Tom Jones over for a lamb shank in April. And here he is regaling us with stories about some of his famous friends. He doesn't have that many and he doesn't like to talk about it, really. No, Elvis Presley, he didn't like to go out. Oh, you're kidding. Just because he was too famous. Well, he said that. I said, but Elvis, 
if you're going to have six fellas walking in front of you saying, get out the way Elvis is coming, I said, it's not very, you've got to dress down. You've got to, you know, you've got to put a hat on or something. And, you oh, know, did he always time. dress up in those suits? But yes, but he loved... Oh, my God. See, Elvis Presley loved being Elvis Presley. But he would say, oh, how do you do it, Tom? You know, how do you go? I said, because you you do go unannounced. Mm. There are places. You've got to make sure where you're going. You can't go wandering about, of course, but it can be done. So he would have dinner in his suite and we would sometimes eat up there. But he loved junk food, you see. Yeah. Oh, really? He used to keep a pizza under his bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just in case he had munchies in the middle of the oh night. Oh, my God. That's a great... <laughs> I mean, he's my kind of guy. I knew I so liked that, Elvis. pizza under the bed. Yeah. So that Cold be, pizza's great. But but I was in Hawaii with him when, when uh, I was in Hawaii. And he had pineapple on his pizza. 19, exactly. <laughs> in 1969. And we went... We, I went to his house yeah. to, to hang out with him because uh, he was staying in Hawaii and I was doing some shows there yeah. in 69 when I had my TV show. So um, I went out to his house in the afternoon and we had hamburgers. Well, that was like the big thing that he loved, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was it. You know, I remember having lunch there, uh, hamburgers and salads and stuff like that. Was he handsome? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Striking. Striking. I yeah. think that that's, I mean, he did sound different as well, mind you. Uh, but that became, it was like almost an accident, you know, because he liked blues, rhythm and blues, mm. gospel music, especially. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but they wanted him to, you know, what what we're going to do with Elvis. They didn't know because he loved a lot of things. You know, and he had just, a gorgeous voice. Yes. So we happened to trip over, you know, we're doing the first one. That's all right, mama. You know, it was like that. So, um, but he had a different sound. Mm. But it was his look, you see. Yeah. It was his look. He looked better than... You think of the most handsome fellow you've ever so met. so beautiful, right? Yes, you can't Honestly, and, and 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 then he walks in. You know what I mean? In his in his day when he, mm. when he before he put on that weight, which was a shame mm. that they've got footage of him like that because he wasn't. I knew him when he was, you know, Skinny. young and and like that. But he didn't and, wear the best outfits then, did well, he? Well, he loved. You know, he got into that. You see that Vegas thing. That Vegas thing with the collar up and the. But he loved it. Shoulders. I mean, he got married in Las Vegas. You know, oh, before yeah. uh, before he started working there. So, you know, he did love Vegas. Did you have a residency in Vegas? No, I used to go, well, sort of. I would play there when, when Elvis was, was there at the same time. And Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis, you know, the Rat Pack and all that. In the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, uh, I would do a month straight, one month per year. Two shows a night for a month straight. Wow. Your voice must have been... Unbelievable. Been exhausted. Yeah, I got nodules on my vocal cords because of it. So, uh, anyway... That was it, and we, we we were all there together. So as far as food was concerned, um, I had to eat in. I tell you what, I used you to have. What? Come on, exactly. When I'm going to send you. Jewish I'm making penicillin. Some, I'm making sort of some Jewish penicillin. Some, Tom, I'm making some this weekend because it's Passover, and I'll send some Please. to you. Definitely. Mum, I'm actually really hungry right, now. Can we get the old lamb shank? Do you want me to? Sure. I was looking forward. To, I was looking forward to a chicken in a pot or. Uh, oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought I was going to have a Jewish meal here tonight. No, well, I, lo I love lamb shanks. I, oh, tell me about Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Nice guy? Yeah, oh yeah. What did he drink? He drank uh, bourbon and coke. And did you join him drinking that? Oh, yeah. One night, I'm walking through the casino in uh, Caesar's Palace to go and see Sammy Davis. Yeah. Right? I was following him you in. Really well. Yeah, yes. oh, great singer. I mean, actually amazing. A nice Jewish boy, is Yes. So, uh, 
<laughs> so he said, so I was going to go and see him. I was following him in. I was going to go into Caesar's Palace yeah. after after him. So I go in a little bit early to see who, whoever was on. Yeah. So I was going to, and I knew Sammy Davis, you know, from 65. And um, so I went in there. This was about 1970, 71, somewhere around there. And uh, so I'm walking uh, through the casino past this Galleria bar, which was a big bar in Caesar's Palace, mm -hmm. on my way to see Sammy Davis. And I hear Thomas, and I said, oh, that's Frank. So I turn, and he's there at the end of the bar, roped off. You know, nobody else can go in there. All right. And uh, so he says, Thomas, come here. And he tapped the stool by the side of him. So I said, well, look, I'm going to see uh, Sammy Davis. He's going to be going on in a bit. He can wait. He said, <laughs> I said, well, I wouldn't want to be the one to hold a show up. No, no. He said, just a quick drink. You know, you won't be late. So I sat with him, and I had a, he was drinking, uh, I said, what, what are you drinking? He said, uh, bourbon and coke. He said, that's what I like. Okay, great. So he had that, I, had, I can't remember what I had. And um, so we were sitting there, and a young lady came past mm. and said, oh my God, Frank Sinatra and Tom Jones together. Oh my God, like this, right? Mm -hmm. Could I have a picture? So she came up with a little camera to take a picture of the both of us. And he said, Frank Sinatra said, if you want a picture, it's got to be a good one. So he calls the camera girl over that's working there in the thing. And he said, this young lady would like a picture of Tom and myself. So let's have it done properly. Not with that little camera that you have, sweetheart, he said. And, uh, and that was it. And I thank God that happened because I have the picture now. Oh, that's You know, so a proper lovely. picture of the two of us at the bar. It would have been, you know, I wouldn't have had it otherwise. Yeah. We... Honestly, could have listened to Tom Jones stories all night. He has one for every famous person on the planet, I think. Um, the most lovely man, just such a joy to be around. But on to another brilliant storyteller now. This is Dawn French, who came over for Mum's Chicken Soup last autumn. Here she is telling us the story of how she met her husband. In my family, because my mum ran the, ran the rehab. Oh, really? That was my mum's work. So my mum was a bit of a social worker like you. She was. Um, but my mum set up places that women, young women and their kids could stay together while they were in rehab. That was her kind of big thing, oh. you keep families together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a place in London like that, yeah. Phoenix House. And she advised to the government for a little while about this because it's very successful. But anyway, she then wanted to set up another place, a facility, I think that's the right word. And she wanted Mark, who was an old, a colleague of hers, to head it up. So when my mum retired, Mark took her job. So he's the chief exec of Hamo's House, which is a charity that helps people with drug and alcohol problems and all the affected others. And I was writing a novel, my second novel, and in that novel I was writing a character that was a bit of a cokehead. And in my family, if you need to find out about serious drug addiction, you should speak to your mum, because that was her work. So I called mum, who had retired at that yeah. point, who said to me, you need to go and talk to Mark. And I thought, oh, who's Mark? Oh, yeah, Mark, her friend, her colleague. But this time I was single. So I've been divorced, How old I was single. You? Just uh, tell me. This is nine years ago, and I'm 63 now. So nine, ten years ago. So 53, 54. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll go do my research for this book. So I called Mark up and I said, uh, Mum says you can help me talk to some people that have done lots of coke. And he said, okay. And what I really admired is both my mum and Mark, although my research was important, what was more important was that the people speaking to me should feel safe and protected and happy to talk to me. So I, I loved that. Everybody was secure. So we go up 
to his office and he has set up a, a young man and a young woman to speak to me, to answer my questions, honestly, and help me with my research. But in his office, right, and it's hard on, on a podcast to explain this, but in his office he had a white wall there, right, and he had a window there. And he had put the two chairs for the people talking to me in front of the window. So I sat down and they were sort of silhouetted, oh. which was not the best way. When you're doing research, you need to see people's faces. And I thought, oh, he's done the furniture wrong, but I can't really reorganise the furniture. He's done this kind thing. Did he do it on purpose? No, okay. it's just the way he doesn't think about it. It's not aesthetically that connected. So anyway, they, they sat there and I was thinking, oh, I can't quite see them. But anyway, all right, they answered all my questions. They were lovely, helpful. After an hour, he came in and said, well, it's a cup of tea or, you know, just sort of get, finishing the meeting up. And then he sat down in the same place. So he's now silhouetted, right? Did he I'm, look good silhouetted? Well, yeah, but I couldn't quite see him. Okay. So some would say, yes, very good. Um, so anyway, he's, he's a silhouette against the, the window. I'm here with the white wall behind me. And I'm actually thinking, I've done my research, I'm ready to go. Well, I'll just wind So what, well, you didn't fancy him up. straight away? Not at all. Okay. Oh, I had met, met him a few he's times. He's covering his, his face. I know. I had met him a few times, but he's my mum's mate. He's my mum's colleague. He's, you know, in her it's life. professional. No. It's professional. Right? He was wasn't free. Looking. He was free. He was at that point, but when I'd met him before, I wasn't, so I wasn't looking, you know. Okay. All of that. So he's just a lovely guy, just a lovely guy helping me out. So he's sitting there with the, with the window and the light behind him. And um, I'm literally filling time while I, just being polite, just going, so how's your life, Mark? Um, in my head, I'm thinking, not, I'm not really that interested, but anyway, yeah, talk if you like. Um, and he starts to talk, and he's talking about his children, his beloved children, who went to live with him in, you know, when he got divorced. And as he's talking about his children, no word of a lie, behind him, out in the world, there was a cloud, but the sun came out from behind the cloud, and sunbeams, like from God, came in through the window, bounced off the wall behind me, back onto him, like Fellini had lit him. Oh, my God. So he's just talking about his kids, and I literally go from just listening to... Oh, my Hallelujah. God. Oh, my God. Look at him. It was God, heaven sent. It was like that. Now, my mum, of course, when I later told her about this, said, that is your dad. My dad died when I was 19. Aww. So that is your dad saying, look at this, at this He put the spotlight man. on him. Honestly, it was really like it. It was like, poof, like that on his face. Blue eyes. I shouldn't very be too cute. nice about him no, while he's, he's sitting cute. here. I'm never I can that nice that. to him. But anyway, it was just like, I thought, oh God, look at him. Like breath gone, Ooh, have to know this man, have to know this man. So anyway, I left there feeling a bit fluttery and I went home and I called my mum, who he was a great friend of. And my mum had known him for years, you know, colleagues. And I said, Mum, seriously, I think I'm a bit sweet on Mark. So she went, No, 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 no. Why did she right. say so, that? Exactly. I said, What do you mean? She went, Oh, too young, far too young for you. I said, How old how is old he? And she is said, he? Well, I can't, I, I don't know how old he is. I said, Well, so what are you talking about? Anyway, we had a bit of a moment, and I love my mum, like you love your mum. And I thought, well, actually, if my mum thinks this is wrong, I would, I would listen to that. But anyway, put the phone down. I thought, bit odd, bit of a strange response. But she called me back, and she said, I'm so sorry about that, but he's my friend. And it's, and it's weird. a bit weird. Yeah. She said, but of course you would like him, she said to me, because after your dad and your brother, he's my favourite man in the world. Oh. 
So that then so he and I lovely. got together and then sadly my mum died. But my, when my mum was dying, she, she, she knew we were together. Was she young when she died? 77. God, yeah, young. 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 But she, as, as my mum was dying, she said, I can go because you've got him. Oh. So he's got a bit of a sort of guarantee, which is good. So you better live up to it, mate. <laughs> yeah. So that was very touching, oh, you know. He just put his fingers up at you, but it was a really beautiful ending to the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. But you know how you said sometimes you're not even looking at someone and they're right under your nose. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We love hearing about our guests' families on the podcast and we hear a lot about people's mums. Here is Will I Am on Zoom telling us about some of his mum's cooking. My mom cooked the meals. We ate spaghetti. That was like my mom's favourite. Wow, what sort? Spaghetti bolognese with like uh, ground turkey because my mom didn't like the idea of eating beef. So my mom made spaghetti bolognese a lot. That was like... You know, she was uh, super happy when, when that's what, what we were eating for dinner. Did you like it? Yeah. It was, it was, that's like one of my mom's favorites that I love. My mom's goulash. Mm. Yeah. So my mom made goulash and that was delish. My mom's pancakes. Oh my Lord Jesus. And they're crispy. Just the right amount of crisp on the edges. Like, mm, get out of here. How, that's happy moment for me. How did she make them? Like, what was her trick? Was it just like the right oil that she used? Or what was like, is there something in it that we should all be doing? Um, I don't know. But I try to I try to do my vegan version of it. It doesn't turn out right. <laughs> but I like my vegan pancake that I make. Um, so, but we weren't vegan growing up. I've, I've been vegan for four years now. Um, so growing up, what else did my mom make that was delicious? Oh, Thanksgiving dinner was like, oh. Oh, wow, yeah. Like her turkey was amazing. Her ham was awesome. Her stuffing was, get out of here. My mom's freaking, uh, what else did she make that was delish? Um, mm, macaroni and cheese, what? So she was a good cook. You really, you like, you, yeah. Yeah, I love cooking. Yo. Do you? What I made last night, what? Okay, Don't come on us. then. Last night I made a a, a pizza. Okay, a, a pancake pizza. No, I got it, Mum. Okay. I need so, to know so what the so vegan. Here's what like, I, did, I need right? to know this. So I so I was like, I don't have pancake dough. I mean, I don't have pizza dough. I was like, what if I make a pancake, but instead of putting you know sweet stuff in the batter, like cinnamon and a little bit of brown sugar, why don't and a banana to give me the the thickness because I don't have an egg. Why don't I make the the pancake, but put olives in it, 
and some jalapenos in it and a little bit mm -hmm. of garlic in it and, and blend it up really nice. Put that and cook the pancake, make it really thin and then put like marinara sauce and then my grounded uh, impossible meat and then my vegan mozzarella and then bake that and then automatically the, 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 the pancake is gonna turn a little bit more crisp. Yeah. And then, I, and then I put some basil on, like, yo, my pancitza, get out of here. <laughs> I, I even named it. I named it. I was like, yo, this is a pancitza. My pancitza was the bomb. So this is the next endeavor for you. Like, forget tech, forget philanthropic thing. This is pancitza is going to come to everybody like in a year or two. No, no. And that's just vegan pancitza. This is, this is for me to like, for my friends and family, like, yo, check out my pancitza. Have you ever had a pancitza? <laughs> <laughs> My pancitza was the bomb. Okay, what else did I make the other day? Mm, ooh, I did a quesadilla with my impossible. Mm, so I put, love that. But here, check out how I did it though. I got my um, flour tortilla. I made my uh, my impossible meat with green onions um, and then uh, green bell peppers. I kept it really greeny. And then my, my cilantro and then a little bit of freaking cheese in the inside. And then I, I baked it. So the cheese melts in the inside. And then mm -hmm. I put a bunch of like mozzarella and cheddar cheese. And then I put some, hold up. Then I put some Nando's lime sauce in a cup, put that in. Mm -hmm. and I mixed it and I put the, the cheese and the Nando chili sauce in the, in the microwave. I melted it and then smothered the freaking quesadilla with that. And then I put, filthy. yo, 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 it was like, the bomb dot org because I organized the whole thing. It was the, it was so fresh. <laughs> Will I am not only is you know a pioneer of Tesla and all of that. He's now created the pan pizza. It sounds actually pretty good. I'm sure it was delicious, although not quite as good as the food our next guest makes, Angela Hartnett, who joined us over Zoom in January. A mum asked her how her cooking journey began started when I was in Cambridge I went to the poly there Seacat went to the poly there we all like everyone at, so what am I I'm 50 so everyone of that that was probably the last year of free education I still had a grant and after we finished everyone was in debt so we all stayed another year worked our debt and then I started working in a local pub called the Blue Ball then I worked at the Free Press and then Midsummer House and after Midsummer House I started to get serious about it um, worked in Barbados for a bit and then came up to work in London. Um, came back sort of home, if you like, worked, lived with my mum and then started working for Gordon and then worked for him for about 20 years, you know, and I suppose what you say, the rest is history, you know, got a restaurant. And Did he shout at you, Andrew? Yes, a few times, has to be said, Bloody yes. Bloody hell, you don't look like the sort of woman who would let someone shout at you. I don't think it's whether you let it happen or not, it's yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sort of happened and... You know, Gordon did like me and we've, we, I mean, we still talk a lot and he's a great mate and stuff like that. But, and because um, I sort of, I wasn't, I wasn't sort of fearful of Gordon in a sense, you know, I was, um, I would sort of come in and just laugh and sort of random stories. And he sort of liked the fact that I was a bit, there was one time he was, um, he'd basically told me in a few expletives to sod off the past, but I wasn't allowed to help make this terrine because I was rushing it. And then later that night we had a film crew in and they were filming Gordon and he said, right, Angela, get everything for the terrain. But he didn't want me to help him because I'd messed around and got it all wrong. And then I thought, well, you know what? He's never going to shout at a woman in front of a film crew. So I just stood there and just started helping him. 
And under his breath, he was literally going, Angela, you know, sod off, you know, you know you're not supposed to. And I was going, yes, Gordon, yes, Gordon. I said, but you're not going to get rid of me, are you? Because there's a film crew here. So he loved that about me, that I'd always push it and stuff like that. So... What does the pass mean? I never understood it till Great British Menu and then they say ready for the pass and I didn't know what the pass was. It's just where you pass it on to get Oh, you served. just pass it on? Well, it's basically where you plate all the dishes, but exactly that, yeah. you're passing it on to the waiter. So you've done your oh, bit. Okay. Yeah, so it is that exactly like that. Very good, Jess. Oh, you I know didn't it all. That. Working with someone like Gordon Ramsay, did it change or did it influence the way that you treated your staff when you became, you know, when you had your first restaurant and did it change it? Did you, did you follow a lot of Gordon's ways or did you kind of reject them? Um, I think there's probably a little bit of both there. I think there's lots of, everyone obviously sees the TV side and the shouty side of everything, but there were lots of other things that you didn't see about Gordon, how he would Mm. really always support you behind the scenes you know and always take care about what you did and one thing him and another chef Richard Corrigan always taught me was sort of not get under the skin but really know your staff you know know when they're going on holiday know if their mum's not well know if they've got a boyfriend girlfriend what their dog's name is all those sort of things and you know take a real interest you know and and also I think especially in those days in London you know everyone's working hideous hours which isn't the case these days traveling far so when someone's late or they've overslept and you know they've had an hour journey on the night bus you know you've just got to understand all that and that's what Gordon really sort of did he said you know you just talk to your staff and really get to know them and then they feel a real sense of loyalty to you and likewise you to them you know you want to make sure that they want to work for you for all the right reasons. So there was, you know, there wasn't, I don't scream and shout. I can be a bit um, sarcastic, shall we say. I can be a bit, you know, I threat, you know, and I'll go things like I'm going to lob that at your head. But I've always got smiles in my eyes, you know, so I don't sort of mean it. But, um, you know, our kitchens are like that in the sense that there's an urgency, you know, so you need to, there's an urgency that you're hearing people's voices, but it's not necessarily aggression or bullying or anything like that. Who taught you to cook um, in your family? Um, I suppose I learned with my mum and my grandmother. You know, I'd sort of... Um, we, on my mother's side, they're all Italian. On my father's side, they're Irish. And as the eldest granddaughter on my mother's side, I always had to help and do all that sort of stuff. My brother, who's older than me, never had to sort of help because he was the boy <laughs> and the boys don't do anything, but the girls had to. So I did it all. So I learned a lot from my grandmother, really. So she was a really good cook. What was a defining dish that she taught you that you've kind of stuck to? Oh, Annalini. It's my it's my uh, death dish, I suppose. What dish would I sort of want on my deathbed? And it's basically you braise down a piece of sort of beef and maybe some chicken and stuff really slowly, slowly. Then you've got this beautiful, lovely stock. You take that stock, reduce that and add that to breadcrumbs and parmesan. And that's your filling now for your sort of little um, annolini. So you put that into your pasta and then cook those in a chicken broth. And we have it every day, every Christmas on Christmas Day. And it's become a thing. You know, I always used to have to make it with my grandmother and she'd make it for the whole family. She's obviously since passed away. So then my mum and aunt would do it and now I do it. So every time around the 16th, around that time, there's a whole emails going out, right? Who's helping with the Annalini? We all get together as a family. So my cousins come, my uncle comes, partners come. We all make them, freeze them and then 
everyone has them on Christmas Day. Um, Angela, what is a guilty pleasure of yours or do you have no guilty pleasures when it comes to eating? My worst guilty pleasure is crisps. If you can argue them as a guilty pleasure, <gasps> love crisps. Aren't they the best but thing I love on the flavour and what Plain the crisps, plain crisps. I'm very regimented. I don't like fancy flavours, just like salted crisps. And the real guilty pleasure is a crisp sandwich. It has to be said, you know. <gasps> crisp sandwich. Angela Hart. I <laughs> love it. White bread, Jesse. It's the best thing. White bread? White bread. You know, really, you know, the rubbish white bread everyone says we shouldn't have, you know. That's, it's like that's the best bacon sandwich. All this sourdough nonsense, sorry. Just white bread on certain <laughs> things is the best. You've got to, got to. I'm such a sucker for a crisp sandwich too. Shout out Sons and Daughters and King's Cross for their truffled crisp and egg mayo. We love it. The brilliant Angela Hartnett there. We loved having her on the podcast. Now, as you know, cooking can be stressful and sometimes our tempers can get the better of us. This often happens before the guests arrive and that's usually the best place for that argument. But on occasion, it happens in front of our guests. So we thought... um, the most important guest probably we've ever had on. Uh, we have a massive Barney and that was in front of Sir Paul McCartney. We went to his offices in Soho for lunch. There was all sorts going on. Mum had a bad back. She was on some sort of painkiller. She brought the food from home and the microwave wasn't working in the kitchen. So when I asked her to be a little bit quiet with uh, Paul's daughter, Mary McCartney, it didn't go down too well. What is a very memorable meal from your childhood, Paul? Pancakes. Oh, was she good at pancakes? Pancake Tuesday. Oh. Did you have yeah, it, not it just like, Shrove Tuesday, you had it every Tuesday? Or? No, no, like no, crepes? it was just Shrove right, Tuesday, okay. but that was so exciting when it finally came around. Were they like crepes? Yeah, but you'd just make piles of them and go, whoa, can I have another pancake, Mum? But yeah. yeah. what, was, what was your filling that you oh. chose? In? And uh, uh, I like um, sugar, Yeah. which in those days were white sugar. You didn't. Yeah, nobody yeah. knew there was such a thing as brown sugar. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, white sugar and then lemon juice. Coming. This looks delicious. And then roll yeah. that Yeah, smells up. good. <laughs> was your yeah. mum ma- was your mum a good cook? The, the, the yeah, she was a good cook. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, just having a chat. Sorry, yeah. we're, we're, we're doing a program flowers. here, mum. Yeah. Yeah. I like she flowers was. and salad. Edible no. flowers. We thought, you know, they feel they look so healthy. Like to eat flowers and the colour. Anyway, so looks so, lovely. Sorry, so your mum your mum used to do what was the meal that your mum used to do? She would do what I'd call traditional British. Yeah, meat and food. Yeah, chops. Yeah. Steak, uh, rarely, you know, uh, beef. Yeah. Scouse, which is Scouse. Liverpool. Scouse. It's a, Jessica, Liverpool. what? It's what like have you it, been? I've really not educated <laughs> No. Yeah. It's, an, it's a stew. Scouse it's is always a stew. like it's just Peter on the makes I thought it was going to be something about Liverpool. It's like an Irish stew. It's the famous Scouse. It's like an Irish stew. And then if you don't have the meat in it, they call it blind Scouse. I'm sure that's not very PC, but that's what they call it. <laughs> Don't look at me, love. Um, yeah, so she, she imagine, would do all of those things. Did she things have much time to cook? If she, because she was a midwife. She was a nurse, oh, a midwife, wow. sister in on a ward. Yeah. And uh, her mode of transport was a little bicycle, a little bag on the front. It's like called the midwife. Mum's obsessed with it. You know, she it's, loves that's it. that's her era. And her name was Mary. And it was Mary. So you're. Named yeah. after Mary and Patricia. so let it be as well is about her. Like the song let it be, dream, yeah, right? yeah. Mother Mary, got, yeah. oh yeah. Because I had Sweet. a dream and I, I I woke up after the dream and she had come to me in the dream, so it was a lovely dream because she died 
um, a few years before. Um, you were 14, weren't you? When I was 14, yeah. So she died probably six or seven years before that. Um, but it's, it, here she was in a dream, and it's, it's a miracle when someone you've lost mm. is there in the dream, and you go, wow, great to see you. You know, this is great, because all the old feelings cry. come back. You know, it was pretty emotional, yeah. But, and I was in a bit of a rough state, 60s, doing too much of this and too much of that. Mm. And she sort of looked at me in the dream. She said, it's, don't worry, son. It's going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. Mm. Just let it be. Do you want to help yourself? Yes. Or you help do you want me to do your play? Mary? Yeah. And did, you, and did you, when you woke up from that dream, did you feel like things changed? Do you feel like you calmed down a bit? Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that and you wrote was great. A, you wrote great a great thing. song. It was, it was a great thing for her to say, you know. I mean, you work it out, it's actually me and my brain saying it. Yeah. But in, yeah. in the dream, yeah. it was her saying it. And I thought, wow, that's really good advice, you know, just let it be. So, I, yeah, then I wrote the song. On that one? <laughs> <laughs> she should do, shouldn't she? Yeah. Title by Mary. But he doesn't yeah. Mary. Oh, yeah, he's not a But yeah, stuff was very traditional. And the only one thing, I mean, I, I didn't like everything we had. Yeah. Because, you know, we're typical kids. Mm. I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. The one thing we really wouldn't go near was tongue. Mum, I love you so much. Sorry, I'm just listening to the story. We're having a moment too, Mary. What do you want me to do, cook or Listeners, listeners, this is a little family This is family. What's going on here? I'm sorry, but these women are completely out of control. We'll hand you over now. There you go, Do you two fight at all? Do your family fight? I feel like you're so polite to each other. Yeah, occasionally. But we don't think this is fighting. We just think we're dis no, disagreeing. Just, um, you yeah. tell me to do the food. You sit on your ass, and then I do the food, and then you're telling me to listen, be quiet. Listen, we'll yeah. discuss this later. Thank you. I'm sorry about this, <laughs> listeners. But we'll, I think we'll now take a little piece of music. I'm trying to get allies, Mum. No, I wasn't. Mary was... Paul McCartney's oh. apologising to our listeners. Oh God, he obviously, sorry. you don't realise this happens in every episode. <laughs> Oh dear. He didn't actually seem to mind though, and he was very happy apparently that we kept the fight in. Um, Mary told me on text. And it was so amazing to hear about his mum and how the song Let It Be was all about her. Now, as promised, a snippet of previously unheard conversation with the wonderful Dan Levy. The Table Manners team are all big fans of Schitt's Creek and we were very excited to have Dan on the podcast. So I indulged some of our team and asked him some questions from them. Dan, I wouldn't usually do this, but I have on like our team mm -hmm. of people are so obsessed with you. They have questions for you. Okay. And I'm sorry about this. Never apologize. Do a little quick fire. Okay. You can you can just like you can you can say these very quickly. Okay. So this is from Peter, my manager, who is trying to like stop watch he's he's really slowing down his um, intake of Shits Creek that's to kind of savour it. That's what we all have like to like do. Eat it all up. Yeah. What's your favourite Moira wig? Oof. Well, it depends. Has he gotten to the end of the series yet? No. No. Well, it's... it's yeah, obviously. The, the wedding. End. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Me fine. too. Um, and are you watching Drag Race? Do you watch Drag Race? I do. 
I do. I dropped off only because the past, I would say the past couple years have gotten very work heavy. You need to come over to the, no. uh, but I've heard oh, about okay, the UK fine. and I the heard UK about is sublime. this season in particular is like so good. So I know, and so I know, I, Mich- like I know start. Michelle and, um, it's, you know, it, yeah, I need to, I need to catch up ultimately. Okay. Um, you, the best thing on the menu at Cafe Tropica- um, Tropical. Ooh. That's Tropicana, isn't it? Tropical. Oh, tropical. Tropical, tropical darling with a knee. Um, it is... The mozzarella sticks. Probably right? the mozzarella sticks. And even then, it was, <laughs> that was a tough day to get through. Those mozzarella sticks were not... The cafe excels in maybe so its decor, but it does, you know... I loved her. Yeah. My sister did such her. a lovely job with, with Twyla. She was so... Such a lovely. Is your sister as sunny as Twyla, or is she a cowboy? That lovely smile. She is. My sister is, and I say this as her brother, but also as someone who is, you know, would tell you the truth. Her and my dad have inherited, and I—that's not to say my mom isn't sweet, but my mom and I have a bit more of a. We have like we have a bit more of a chip on our shoulder. Um, My sister and my dad are just. Together, have he, she inherited this kind of like open, lovely, sweet. My sister is the sweetest human being, and I think there's always something incredible about being a person that nobody can say a bad thing about. Which is certainly not me or my experience, but definitely something for my sister. So, you know, putting her in that role and having her be this incredibly optimistic person who, despite a life's worth of tr- struggle and strife has maintained this kind of naive optimism was such a lovely thing. And especially in the last season, getting to watch her grow and really sort of spend a, spend a couple episodes on, on figuring out who this character was outside of the cafe. And, and then ultimately to, to, um, I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, you can't it, say but, it. It's such a yeah. good the fantastic lovely gorgeous dan levy there who helped us get through lockdown by creating Shits creek thank you dan thank you Catherine o'hara thank you eugene levy thank you annie murphy who's also been on this series just so good that's it for this episode of second helpings thank you so much for listening we're going to take a short break because probably by the time you listen to this i will have a newborn baby And I need to focus on that for a few weeks. And mum needs to sharpen the kitchen knives for a whole host of season 12 guests this autumn. We're going to come back with a bang, but we need to recuperate. Um, So thank you so much to everyone who has listened to Table Manners, who makes it so much fun, who keeps us going. Thank you to all the guests who come over and are up for a laugh or a goss or an extra glass of wine in Lenny's case Um, we absolutely love doing table manners and we can't wait to bring you season 12 this autumn lots of love the music you've heard on table manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams.